This Stand Student Podcast is brought to you by Stand, a Swiss educational development initiative by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that Stand does with young people across Ireland at stand.ie. Apart from cobalt, are there other conflict minerals that are also fueling violence, corruption and exploitation in the Congo? Um, and could you tell us more about them? Uh, the, no, um, the, the, those really are the main uh, conflict minerals, the tin, tantalum, tungsten and gold. Um, there have been uh, minerals and other natural resources that have fueled conflict and corruption in, in Congo. So timber has been a big one. Um, it's not a mineral, but it's a natural resource. Uh, diamonds also have been a big source of, uh, of corruption. Uh, not so much conflict, at least at the present day, but um, certainly some, some exploitation. Um, uh, rubber, of course, is a horrible history in Congo where um, Belgian uh, King Leopold was, was heavily exploiting um, uh, Congolese people in, in the extraction of rubber, which went into tires. Um, that, that's, that's not a, a big um, issue any longer, thankfully, um, but it's been replaced by some of those other minerals. Uh, now, copper is, as I mentioned, mined together with um, cobalt, and so that continues to be an issue. Um, the copper industry uh, needs to take more action on, on, on their side of the equation so that it's not just, you know, from the, from the one side of, of, of cobalt. And, and by the way, one interesting note about cobalt is um, cobalt is not an irreplaceable mineral, right? Like, um, you know, sort of, if you think about gold, like gold is, gold is gold. You know, it's, it's this universal um, holder of value um, that, that is also a currency. Uh, you know, cobalt is used in industrial products and there are substitutes for it. The substitutes are not as good. Um, so if you think of nickel, for example, or other minerals that are used in batteries, uh, it's not as stable. It's not as as effective, um, but particularly when the cobalt price goes so high, which it has uh, in recent years, not not right at the moment, but it could go back up. Um, uh, it was really high in 2018. Um, you know, companies were, were trying to um, engineer their way out of using cobalt. So, um, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's possible that um, uh, you know, if, if the price skyrockets again, that companies will just substitute it um, for some for some other mineral or figure out some some high tech solution um, to, to that problem. It seems that since the lawsuit against some big uh, companies with regards to child labor and pressure from consumers in the last couple of years has made these companies be more conscious of the traceability and uh, of their supply chains. And do you think that things have improved considerably or is there still a long way to go? I would say both. I think that um, there is a lot more awareness of this issue more generally, um, particularly in the electronics um, industry, the technology um, sector, uh, particularly the consumer facing electronics sector. So. Um, you know, we're in the process of 
um, researching industry efforts on this issue at the moment. Um, and it's very apparent that uh, the, some of the most public, the consumer facing brands are um, the ones taking the most action. So, you know, Apple and Google, for example, are, are really some of the industry leaders um, on this. I Intel as well has been um, a, a big industry le leader. Um, Intel a little bit less consumer um, focused, but, um, uh, but, uh, but then some other companies like Amazon, for example, is really well behind um, uh, industry. So, so there's, so there is a, um, there is a, a dichotomy there, a divergence between uh, among the biggest um, companies. And then when you go to other industries, um, there's a pretty big uh, drop off. So uh, most of the automotive sector, for example, is, is well behind um, on the things they could be doing on, on minerals. A lot of the jewelry sector um, is as well. You have some, some exceptions. So Tiffany's, for example, um, and, and Signet jewelers are um, some industry leaders. We have ranked um, uh, the, the tech and jewelry sectors a couple of different times um, on this issue. And, and those, those have always been the, the leaders in our rankings and, and we'll be doing another survey um, uh, coming up uh, on, on this issue. Um, uh, but you know, there, but, but there's, there, there, so, you know, look, um, if Apple, Google and Amazon and Facebook, um, for example, did everything they possibly could, that has an impact. Um, but if you, um, it, it, it doesn't have as much of an impact as like if the entire industry did it right. And so um, we really need more companies to step up on this issue. It's been very interesting to research, um, you know, what other companies are doing. So for example, Walmart, um, which uh, is one of the biggest retailers of jewelry in the United States, I believe it's number two or three um, in terms of uh, selling jewelry, doesn't even file a conflict minerals report anymore. Um, and, and it makes very little mention um, of conflict minerals on its website in terms of, uh, you know, who its suppliers and smelters are and whether they're conflict free or not and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, similar to uh, car manufacturers. So you have um, like Ford, for example, uh, providing some of the, um, the most efforts on conflict minerals, but you know, all of China's car manufacturers, for example, like don't even mention conflict minerals at all in, in their reporting. Um, and then, you know, other companies, uh, you know, for, from other major brands are, are you know, ba are basically doing the bare minimum. Um, so, so I think there's still, there's still a lot to, to go, uh, still a way to go on this issue. And then you look at the actions of Tesla uh, more recently on cobalt and you see, gosh, there's, there's really a, a lot of need to educate companies on what they can and should be doing both on conflict minerals and on, um, and on corruption in, in cobalt. Um, on the cobalt side in particular, there's been a lot of attention to the child labor issue, um, which is an important human rights uh, concern. Um, but there's been a lot less attention on this corruption side of things. And, and to be uh, frank, that is the that, that, that corruption and lack of 
um, transparency is really what is um, uh, impoverishing the Congolese people. Um, the more these corrupt deals are made, the more um, bribes are paid, the less um, of the hundreds of millions of dollars that are paid every year um, to these state-owned companies um, actually go to the national uh, treasury. Um, the more the Congolese people are, are, are disempowered and disenfranchised and, and, and lose out um, on their own natural resources, which is, which is um, unjust and, and, and unfair um, and, um, and, and very sad. And so, uh, you know, th there's, there's a lot more need for companies to pay attention and add transparency and, and demand transparency in their supply chains. I, I've just been reading a bunch of um, corporate reports on this issue and some companies are starting to build in um, conflict minerals uh, requirements in their supplier contracts. Um, I, I am not seeing any of that for cobalt, like supplier transparency. So for example, um, we are sourcing from X mine uh, in, in Congo, cobalt. Um, that mine is owned by uh, this X company in Congo. Um, that company is, is controlled by X people. Um, now you see journalists uh, write every once in a while about sort of um, uh, various corrupt deals and who was really involved in them. So for example, the former president's brother uh, was caught in a number of different um, corruption scandals, you know, being a, a cobalt uh, contractor um, in Congo. Well, we are all consumers of cobalt. Um, shouldn't it be our right to know, you know, that in fact, the president's brother of X country um, is illicitly uh, profiting from um, cobalt deals in Congo. In other words, my own uh, money is basically going into these people's pockets. Um, companies should be required to to disclose those types of things, like who the what they call the beneficial owners are um, of the companies and and who they're who they're partnering with. From uh, your website, uh, one can see that you have organized uh, several campaigns with regards to conflict minerals and the people in DR Congo, uh, such as Conflict Free Campus Initiative and Raise Hope for Congo. Uh, could you tell us about these initiatives, please? Sure. Uh, so we've worked uh, for a number of years with um, student activists, or, or I should say activists who are students and non-students, um, also at faith-based um, organizations and, and just average citizens, um, mostly in the United States, but also in uh, the UK and some in Europe and, and, um, uh, and, and Canada. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so um, the, the Conflict-Free Campus Initiative, CFCI, um, has been um, a joint project of ours and some other organizations, and we have basically supported um, student leaders at different university and college campuses and in some places high schools um, with education, with tools, with um, some advocacy messages and campaign messages um, and updates on what's happening uh, on the ground um, so that they can, uh, uh, you know, write to companies or pass, help their local um, 
either university or state or city um, pass uh, resolutions or um, uh, procurement guidelines uh, such that um, their locality or their institution is not sourcing uh, conflict minerals. Um, and, and so we've had a lot of success um, uh, with that. Uh, several states, Maryland, California, um, and others have passed their own state legislation requiring any, any companies who are, um, who are procuring, who the state governments are procuring minerals from to report on their progress on, um, on weeding out conflict minerals from their supply chains. Um, I myself testified at a, at a city um, a council meeting in, in Florida uh, where um, they also passed a similar resolution. Um, uh, dozens of universities have um, worked on these resolutions. Um, and, and if you think about that, like your, your you know, Trinity College, right? So, so you know, there's got to be computers there and projectors and TVs, etc. All those um, electronics contain uh, those minerals. So if um, the next time Trinity College is going to procure, you know, um, computers, uh, if they survey all of the um, uh, vendors for, you know, their policies and their implementation on conflict minerals that might get the companies to think twice because they might not get business um, uh, in, in, in for the next time. Um, and so those, those requirements are quite important. Um, we... Um, the, the, the Enough Project is rebranded into the Sentry, um, and, and, but, and, and we continue to have um, activist actions. Um, we are not going to continue this, um, our, uh, uh, the, the extent of our support to the, um, to the, the college campus um, organizers as we did before, but we um, still have materials and are happy to to help provide advice and, and, and advocacy messages and so forth to companies. Um, I think it's made a pretty important difference. Um, there were students who protested on um, some college campuses. There were people like, you know, I participated in a protest of a, a electronic store once um, along with hundreds of students, um, it, you know, and they've helped turn some of these um, companies around. Um, so actually, Apple was one of those we protested at the at the beginning. Um, their senior team became aware of um, our efforts and our displeasure with the company. Um, and this is back when Steve Jobs was there, um, and he actually called us um, and then invited us to California to um, to talk to him and his senior team about what um, they could do about this issue. Um, and they've really turned around as a company pretty dramatically uh, since since then. So these um, these activist efforts really make a um, a difference. Um, that, that there's that that uh, they, they, the companies do care, particularly um, you know their brands uh, are at stake. That is really important. Even if it's only you know 20 people protesting some store, uh, the fact that um, that uh, they're, they're all of a sudden their brand is being affected their brand image is being affected like oh well you know our dell is, is dell associated with blood um is is apple associated with blood like you know people the, the companies really don't want that they put a lot of money that's the, that's their most valuable commodity is their brand um and they don't want that to be to, to people they don't want people to be um 
to link that psychologically with you know death and rape and conflict and you know armed groups and, and human rights abuses um and so they they will they will some of them if they have good leadership will will take some action to to um uh on on the issue and so the activism think really does um have an impact um uh you asked about raise hope for congo um that was linked uh to the the campus conflict free um initiative uh and uh there you know we've been trying to uh as it says raise hope so so you know talk about the positive stories um in the in the drc um uh you know highlight what some of the main problems and issues are particularly related to sexual violence of women and and that has been so um, extensive in in the Congo. Um, one UN official famously said one time that uh, Eastern Congo was the world's worst place to be a woman because the the sexual violence was so extensive. Um, the figures are very difficult to um, come by just because uh, of the stigma of actually reporting um, rape. But uh, certainly, like I, we have all met. Um, hundreds of um, survivors of this and and you know they are um, their stories are, are very powerful and it's it's even more powerful to hear their resilience and and their courage and um, continuing on with their lives and and you know activism even testifying against um, their rapists who are you know army commanders and so forth um, uh, but uh, and then we link that with the minerals campaign because the 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 you know, the minerals have been the number one thing that's been funding um, the armed groups and the, and the army commanders who are um, perpetrating uh, so much of that uh, rape and, and, and gender-based violence. Thank you. Um, this last question might be connected to what you already said, but um, what would you say to people listening to us right now what can they do in order to collaborate in the improvement of uh, the cobalt and all the other conflict mineral situation? What can they do from Ireland in their own lives? Yeah, I think that um, number one is just letting uh, your, uh, your, your like spreading awareness about the issue, like telling your fellow students and your families, like, hey, did you know that um, 50 to 70 percent of the world's cobalt that's you know in every single battery that um, we have comes from Congo uh, and then you know there are things that we can do to help um, change that situation um, uh, you know I, I think just that basic awareness raising is is a is really important uh, I think the second thing is you know contacting companies um, and governments so like we have an action on our uh, website about conflict gold, gold being the biggest funder um, of armed violence in, in Eastern Congo today, um, so that governments can sanction um, the conflict gold traders who are still out there, who are still selling to all the major brands um, that we um, consume from. Our, our, um, uh, our own report uh, highlighted Amazon, Sony, and GE um, as consumers of um, uh, uh, gold from this illicit um, network that was sourcing um, conflict gold reportedly from the DRC. Um, you know, um, so, so that's another piece. Um, and thirdly, you know, contacting companies uh, so that 
you know, they, they can take their efforts to be conflict-free. I think when, when we have our report come out um, in the fall that we will um, probably have a company action linked to it to say, you know, urge your company to um, make its supply chain conflict-free. Um, because some companies are doing that and they've achieved 100%. Um, and other companies are nowhere near that. Um, and then like some companies actually give bravely, I think give a figure of like 70%, uh, which is insane. Like, well, well, one third of our products are, you know, probably funding violence, but you know, two thirds are okay. Um, uh, or, you know, but worse I think is companies that don't say anything. They just say, yeah, we, we fully support all efforts to you know, take action against conflict minerals and then don't say anything really what they're doing about it um, and, and, and what their supply chains uh, look like. So, um, so I think there's really a long way to go. Those are three, three ideas. Um, and, but, I, you know, closer to home, uh, I think probably the biggest idea is like if you can get a student collective going um, and get, you know, Trinity College or, or you know, perhaps d the city of Dublin um, to, uh, to pass a resolution um, saying that, you know, any products we buy, you know, should be conflict-free. And then, you know, here's, here are some of the criteria um, we can use to assess that. And, and of course, we at the Century have, uh, who've been working on this issue for a number of years, um, have like all those criteria written down. I'm happy to, to send them to you or others um, who are interested in taking action. Thank you so much, um, Mr. Letzna, for all the great information that you have given us, all your knowledge and experience. Um, we feel so privileged that you were able to join us today. And thank you so much for, for all this information. Okay, Maria, um, uh, my pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, and let me know how uh, I can be of help. Coming to the end of this series, I would like to give you an overview of what we have journeyed together. We have learned about the recent history of Congo, talked to one Congolese native who has shared with us his adventures both in the Congo and in Ireland. We have looked at the current situation with regards to the government and, and human rights, learning from the difficult experiences that many human rights activists face we have submerged into the complex international trade system and discovered many of its exploitative practices. And finally, we have learned how many of our purchasing habits can have an enormous impact on the lives of the most vulnerable. After reaching this point, you may be asking, so now what? I just invite you to reflect on the path we have walked together. I invite you to feel conscious 
of how you are connected to the Congo and how people some hours away on the plane are living a very different life just because the world happens to work this way. However, that doesn't mean it should. That is why I invite you to think right now, what are you prepared to do with this information? How far you are prepared to go? What can you do, first of all, for yourself? To help you feel a better member of this planet Earth you happen to live in and share with others. I am sure that when we will become aware of the great miracle that means being part of this world, we will realize that we need to stop destroying it and most importantly, the people we share it with. So be it sharing what we have learned together from the Congo, be it being more conscious of what you buy and where it comes from, be it making your voice heard to those who represent us. What are you doing for Congo? I finally leave you with the last reflection. Thank you for sharing with me the journey through this series. Thank you to Stand, Mary Fleming, Serge Ilunga, Mariam Savadogo, David Nialuke and Sasha Letznev, who have shared their time and knowledge to make this series possible. And of course, to yourself for giving your time for Congo for a better and fairer world. Listening to this is already the step to a greater change. Thank you. Winds of Liberty by Julian Rios Whoever is scared Whoever is scared of walking Do not let their mother's hand go Whoever is scared of falling Remain sitting Whoever is scared of climbing Remain in the refuge. Whoever is scared to take the wrong path, stay at home. But whoever does all that will no longer be a man. Because in order to be, you need to risk. They may say they love, but they do not know how to love because loving is to risk for others.
Sa richesse 